Welcome back to Inside Voices, a teacher podcast by teachers for teachers, where we discuss all things education. I'm your host, Laura. And I'm David. And remember that in here, we use our Inside Voices. Welcome back to Inside Voices. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking all about our favourite subject ourselves no honestly i am kidding about that i don't love to talk about myself but we are Mm, okay actually going to talk about our teaching journeys and how we got to where we are now i promise we've not just decided to do this we have actually been requested to do this episode a good amount of times we've just never thought people would be that interested so if you are listening to this one strap in because (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) It might be a bit of silly goose time, but you know what? That's what it's for. So starting us off, we thought we'd just chat a little bit about our roots into teaching because we both have kind of different um, journeys into the teaching world. So David, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about your journey into teaching. How did you get to this point? Okay, I never wanted to become a teacher. In fact, I actually was quite against becoming a teacher because... Um, my sister was one and my <laughs> mum was one and all we heard in the uh, all we heard in the house was teacher chat and it w- wasn't something that interested me but it, simultaneously I was doing a lot of youth work I've said this before like through church yeah. camps that kind of thing and I actually left school at 17 I got my hires I got my results that I needed in fifth year and didn't want to do sixth year worst decision I've probably ever made didn't want to do sixth year left when I was 17 just turned 17 actually only a month um, before leaving and I went to university at Glasgow stayed at home and I did two years of accountancy and finance which I hated <laughs> and not to get like it's not for him no it, not to get deeper or anything but probably would never have finished the course but would have stuck it out for another year possibly if it hadn't been for my dad so I don't think he even really probably remembers this or knows this and he always listens to the episodes anyway so he'll hear it but if it wasn't for him I would have really struggled in third year so I did first year failed a couple of exams got through second year did the same and it was because I wasn't going in I wasn't loving it I liked the people I didn't enjoy the course and I didn't really know what was going on either I didn't have the background knowledge I didn't do accountancy at school I was quite good at maths but once I hit university it's a different type of maths yeah wanted to play pool and go to the gym (laughs) and I just like totally flunked it to be honest there's not a degree in pool and gym (laughs) and I just wasn't interested for some reason I thought university was just mucking about but actually you had to work quite hard I know that sounds so silly but I was 17 and really young so I remember actually I was sitting in my bed one day, I should have been at a lecture, sitting in my bed and my dad came into my room and said um, something along the lines, I can't remember word for word, but he said something along the lines of you need to quit, like you need to do something else. And we hadn't even discussed it at this point. Yeah, We hadn't even mentioned anything like that. I'd just always been like, oh yeah, it's fine, I'll get through these exams, I'll fail a couple, I always do, ha ha ha. He <laughs> said, you need to change. And he also said, which any parents listening, this is this is a big advice. He made it very clear that there was going to be no judgment there. Yeah. And any financial burden that was going to come from that, because I'd done two years. So in Scotland, if you do one year, you can quit after one year and still get free tuition for a full degree. But yeah. if you do two years, you basically only get your course length plus one. And I had done plus two. So he said, listen, there's not going to be any financial repercussions on you. We will support you. Your mum and I will support you through whatever decision you make, but you need to make a decision. And that was like a huge burden off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. At, 
whatever I was, 18, 19. Because for me, it was like, no, you have to stick this course out. You have to get this because yeah. you've started it and you've made this decision and it would be mortifying if you quit, that kind of thing. So anyway, we had a dis- we had a discussion about what my strengths were. I actually got a place for law in Aberdeen because um, I just applied to a bunch of different stuff. And I got a couple of places for teaching. Never had to do a proper interview or anything. Kind of got in off the skin of my teeth. <laughs> and went and spoke to a woman because I was already in the School of Social Sciences, which was, oh no, I was in the business school. That's that. Yeah, I was in the business school because of accountancy and finance. So I couldn't transfer just to like second year of yeah. teaching, which was annoying. So I had to go back to first year. So I did six years of university. I know. And do you know the only reason I didn't want to become an art- architect? Because you have to do seven years of uni. And I, or a doctor or a doctor or something because you have to do seven years of uni and I did six anyway um, so I went and transferred within I didn't take the place in Aberdeen I went and transferred within and that went smoothly and I actually started to love it met some good friends who I'm still friends with and yeah started to really take university seriously did my four years no hiccups in terms of placements loved all the placements that I was in got good schools um really good mentors the whole way through and I actually ended up going back on my probation year to the school I was in in my third year placement. That's kind of the route that I've taken to teaching. It's not the normal route but I don't know many people that have taken the normal route. Yeah I feel like everyone's journey if you will that sounds so cheesy Cheesy. but everyone's way into teaching is really different so obviously you've totally and I always get asked if you can compare the four-year course to the the pgde mm-hmm. and obviously I, i've done the pgd pgde so a completely different route to you so or it'd be pgce or pgce england. if you're in england it's kind of hard to compare them i would say because i've only got experience of one sometimes i get asked if i felt unprepared for my probation year and my pgde yeah. and all honesty i think whichever course you do you feel unprepared 100%. because you go from being su- not that you're not supported, of course you are, but you go from being kind of watched every day. Even when you're in charge, you are yep. still watched every day because yeah. ultimately that teacher is responsible for the class. So they need to know, what did you teach? How did the kids get on for every single lesson? To, yep. you're on your own. Obviously not. Good luck. You don't have total autonomy because you need to still report to head teachers, mentors, etc. You still get observed. But it's still day one. But the amount yep. of autonomy you get from your student teaching years is crazy and it's really hard to make that shift at first I think it was really difficult when I first went in and one thing I found really hard was when do I move on from a topic like if if I'm doing place value do I just decide hey yeah they've got it and I'm like I'm 20 years old how am I supposed to like I'm a 20 year old teenager I don't know how to deal with these things you know know. I was so young when I think about it like it's wild that I was in charge of a whole class 20 when you graduated education I was I was yeah or like just 21 I was and then I also made the mistake of I was really nervous on my first few days and they asked how old I was in the staff room and for some reason I said like 24 (laughs) right and I couldn't ever admit for like years after that I was not actually three, four years older than I said. <laughs> and then someone saw like my mum's birthday post or something. It was like, uh-huh. happy 23rd birthday. And they were all like, huh? <laughs> I thought you were like 24 years old. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was Usually tw- people do it the I other way. I was 21. Way. I don't know why I said that, but I just couldn't go back. Yeah. And here we are. Anyway, totally sidetracked. But I, as I said, I did the postgraduates. Did you always route. want to be a teacher? In all honesty, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was 17. I wasn't mm. even really going to bother with uni. I was just so disinterested in school and education in general. I just was kind of done. 
And I don't know what that was. Like, I probably shouldn't have stayed for sixth year because I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I stayed because it's what everybody did. Yeah. And I didn't hate school. I just was kind of like past sitting there day after day doing the same stuff. You know, the yep. classic. I just wasn't really invested in it. And I felt like I was surrounded by people who knew what they wanted to do. Yeah, 100%. But my yeah. school was very much, everyone knew what they wanted to do from when they were like 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. We went to, I think, very similar schools. So yeah, I went definitely. to school in a completely different city. I went to school in Dundee. Yep. But the school I was at had a good reputation for being a school that got good results. And the people who were in sixth year all were like, really good at something and knew exactly what they wanted to do. And I never felt like I was really, really good at something. You know, I I felt like... She's an average girl. uh, No. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I did well in my exams. I did well in everything I tried, but I never felt like I was, you know, the person's going to get the best score in maths. So the person who's going to get the best score in English. I was just like, I could do this and Mm -hmm. that's fine, but I don't feel like I am particularly good at something. Whereas you're sitting with people who are going, I'm going to be a doctor and they're 13 years old and Mm -hmm. I'm like... Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I just I just want to like go home and log onto my laptop and play on paint. Yeah. Like I don't know what I want to do. You know, so that puts a, a lot of pressure on that puts a lot of pressure onto you and I feel like I kind of desensitized to it a little bit that by right. the time I got to 17 I was like these people all have their lives together and know exactly what they want to do. Have half of them gone on to actually do those things? Probably not because yeah. you change your mind so many times. But I had no idea. And I just struggled coming to terms mm. with the fact that I've got no idea. And I remember my um one of my teachers for, he was like modern studies teacher, so he did sociology and modern studies and everything. Very strict guy, once left me outside my classroom for a whole double period and didn't speak to me once because wow. I sat down and went, I forgot to do my home. I, <laughs> I didn't even get to finish <laughs> the sentence. I stood there, he went to the photocopier, he went to the toilet, he walked by me in the corridor and truly didn't even look at me. Savage. I was just like done with the day. And I'm like, do you know what, as a teacher now, I probably pushed your buttons at the wrong time by just saying I didn't do my homework. But he was a great teacher. Like, despite being that really strict, I loved being in his class. Mm -hmm. He was great. And he sat me down and he was like, I just was like, I don't know what I want to do because we're talking about writing personal statements. Everyone was talking about it and I was sat there like, oh, Mm. I can't be bothered. And he's like, just do something you like. Like, just go do something you enjoy. So you're 17, you know, you've got time. You don't need to have your life together right now. It might seem like you do, but you don't. And I went on to apply for, um, I was going to do psychology and it was him who said, yeah, Classic. you're not going to like, you're not going <laughs> to like that. And I said, like, what do you mean I'm not going to like it? And he was like, you know, psychology is probably not what you're thinking it is. It's a lot of like maths and science and all of that. And I don't think you're going to like it. So he suggested going on to do politics and sociology. Glad I listened to him because that's what I decided. Do you know, I'm going to take that advice. Go mm-hmm. do something that I like. I kind of thought I wanted to be a teacher and I threw a primary school teacher application in with the, the okay. um, politics and sociology. But obviously my personal statement wasn't written for that. So they were kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. did you mean to do this? Was this a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> Ended up accepting a, a place to do politics and sociology and did love it. I actually found it really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, I moved, transferred unis over to one of the ones in the West Coast after a year so I could move here. But it was genuinely interesting and I found it was something I was good at. Right. Don't know if it's just because I can waffle pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can come up with an answer pretty quickly, but I think probably second year I decided, no, maybe you do want to go okay. and be a teacher. And that's when I kind of looked into the options of um, how to go and become a teacher. I applied in third year for my postgrad 
not really expecting to get in. I just mm -hmm. spoken to people who it's said high competition. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really competitive. It can take a good few years to get in. So in my head, I was thinking, look, I've got. I was working full time at the time as well. So yeah. if I can work, I mean, it wasn't a full time contract during the uni year, but I ended up making it up to be that anyway. Yeah. If I can work thirty hours a week, forty hours a week, and do that once I finish my dissertation, still just do that for a year or so till I get in. That's mm -hmm. fine. I'm cool with that. And then I ended up getting in in my third year. So I didn't have to do my honours year, which was quite nice because I didn't have to do a dissertation. Wait, why didn't I know this? I don't know. but Maybe I, I did. I've just I didn't have that. to do an honours year. So I don't know how I did that. Actually. Wait, we've spoken about this before, yeah, because I didn't have to do a dissertation. Either. Yeah, I don't know how I it's got away with that one. But, you know, I ended up getting in anyway. Yeah. And obviously the postgrad year goes so fast. Yeah. Three placements for me, three six-week long placements. First two, great. Third one, probably cried every single night but mm, nice. survived to tell the tale you know exactly that's a good lesson actually because so many people message us on instagram and tiktok and say i've got my placement i'm hating it what do i do yeah sometimes not all the time because sometimes you can change it and sometimes you can fix it sometimes you gotta get through it yeah you know uh, I mean, and you just gotta see that this is not because of me yeah. it's because of other things or whatever don't get me wrong my placement wasn't as bad as I've heard some people's yeah. be, I just felt like it was a lot of chipping at you till you break. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not breaking. Like, I, <laughs> I have yeah. I, your girl holds a grudge, right? She yeah. is like, no, you push me, I'm gonna just. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, she's not showing any sort. Of, so, but I just felt like it was constantly like, trying to get you yeah, know little low level stuff, like, yeah. just little things like. I had gone from in my first few placements, so in Dundee Uni you were graded as like unsatisfactory, satisfactory, good, excellent right. on like 10 criteria. So my first two placements, I'd gone from like excellent and very good or whatever it was to satisfactory. Yeah. And that bugged the living daylights out of me. Yeah. One Even of though them, you were still passing. Uh-huh. Yeah. One of them was because I spelt a word wrong in one slide. Terrible. In one slide. <laughs> Bear in mind I'd made this slide at like midnight, yeah. four nights before, because that's just what happens sometimes. Yeah. Should I have spell checked? Prob probably. But as a teacher now, I make spell mistakes on the board and the kids just go, that's not spelled right. I'm like, oh, whoopsies. And then we <laughs> fix it. Because who actually cares that much if you spell a word wrong? Genuinely, the kids don't. Yeah. So it was little things like that, that just, and then it was an hour and a half drive for me to that's that rough. placement, yeah, an hour and a half home. I remember one night I let, I used Six to- Six weeks. Yeah, I had to leave at seven in the morning. So I was leaving at seven probably before that some days actually half six some days and I got home at 10 o'clock at night because there was Jeez, a parent like a parent council meeting oh, right. and I was encouraged to stay for this Ooh. I don't actually really know why because <laughs> what I've never been to a parent council meeting <laughs> since uh, anyway besides the point I was asked to stay for this and I'm thinking oh, I can't go home so I had to just stay and everybody else lived nearby, so they went home and then came back. Yep. And I was truly, I got home at 10 o'clock, and I remember walking in, my mum's staring at me like, are you all right? <laughs> what job are you doing? I'm not all right. I need but to yeah. go to my bed. Like, this is not this is not fun. But said, I think if I'd had that placement first, it would have mm. totally shifted my perspective. But because I'd had two placements that went really well, I, was yep. like, I can't all of a sudden have been gone from being all right at this job and people think I could do a good yeah, job yeah. to being like terrible. Yeah. You know, it's not shifted that quickly. But that's important to remember that teaching is such, what one person sees as good is not going to be what other people see as good. Yeah. So you have to kind of take things with a bit of a pinch of salt and know where your strengths lie. That doesn't mean you sit there and say, I'm great at everything. I never need to change. I never need to learn. Like 
Mm-hmm. You don't have to have that attitude. No one's going to be on the same page with you if you have that attitude. Yeah. But you do also have to take things with a pinch of salt of saying, I do that, but in a different way. Or, you know, maybe that's not how my classroom's going to operate. It's not how my classroom's going to benefit if I do those yeah. things. Works for others, doesn't work for you. That's fine. That's okay. You don't need to worry about it. I said, I had a funny story to go back to, right? <laughs> and then she talked for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like trying to remember what it was. Oh, it was years ago. No. Um, the... But I can't remember what the context you were speaking about, and but I think it was applying for university. So when I applied, obviously I was seventeen and in fifth year, and you usually do that stuff in sixth year. You know your your your, your UCAS, yeah, like your personal statement, yeah, your UCAS, your personal oh, statement, I would all love that to stuff. Read my personal statement from when Mortifying. I was seventeen. I don't even want to think about what's on mine. But anyway, so I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> okay, this is this tale so of this. No one ever really I, knows what they're doing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I applied to university and thought. Right, I want to do accountancy, so I'm going to apply for accountancy. Didn't know that when you apply for like your bachelor's, you have to do it in the school. So bachelor's of finance or bachelor's of business or whatever it is, or bachelor of, you know, social studies, yeah. if it was to teachers, fair, that kind of thing. Like, no one explained yeah. that to me. So I just clicked the first one. <laughs> do you want to know what it was? <laughs> <laughs> I applied, fully applied and got funding for this. I had to reapply and ask that my dad was howling. We still talk about it sometimes. I applied for a Bachelor's of Divinity. I was going right. to become a reverend. <laughs> Oops. By accident. Talking about account- like, accountancy in your personal <laughs> statement. They're like, um, I don't think you've got it this. It came through and my dad was like, why are you applying to be like a reverend? <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't mean that. I didn't know there was like differences. Oh, I didn't man. realize there was a drop down menu. So yeah, I applied to be a minister. You did not scroll down to all the options. I should have been the first sign that maybe going to university at 17 wasn't Wasn't for me. a wise choice. Yeah, I didn't no. really know how to operate in this a, life. A, a drop down box. Yeah. But He's actually this. born in the 19, 1901 because <laughs> he doesn't know how to change yeah. it. But there's lots of things like that that happen along the way and it's a bumpy road to yeah. get what I mentioned at the end of when I what I was saying was not many people have a normal route into teaching so the people I was at university with quite a few of them don't teach now yeah but they've done that degree so they've done different things with the degree so many transferable skills though yeah and what I think the issue you you go into teaching to be a teacher but what a lot of people don't realize is actually your degree can open up different avenues yeah. for you and you don't just have to be a teacher no because within education you've got learning development roles in corporate positions you've got yeah. you know trainer roles there's there's a lot of things that you learn in teaching but also the, exactly. for the postgraduate you kind of get the flip side of that you get a lot of people who've come from actually i saw a video the other day it was somebody on a podcast who was talking about how teachers have no professional experience but they're teaching when you're thinking about teachers and you know people in education this kind of you're telling me how to be an accountant for example but you don't have any accountancy experience in the real kind of in the real professional world. industry yep. but actually I would argue with the postgrad you've got people who've got a lot of professional experience yeah, so it's different and a in high lot school. of different jobs yep. so actually when you're talking about that is that true true the whole way through I wouldn't say so doesn't make you any less of a teacher to not have that professional background yep. a lot of people who came into the postgraduate where people come into like a second career mm-hmm. who have maybe gone out and got all this experience doing other things and then come yep. back and said, I'd quite like to go and be a teacher. And a lot of the time when you speak to these people, they also say teaching was 
harder than some of these other jobs they've mm -hmm. been in. They've been in some real tough totally. corporate situations and then come back and said, teaching is really difficult. Yeah, that's quite eye-opening when and they do that, actually. Yeah, I think it's because it's one of those closed professions you don't see a lot of. Mm. And obviously that's why it's kind of a jump scare for people when they see that <laughs> there's yeah. a teacher on TikTok or there's a teacher on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, whoa, whoa, this isn't what we're used to. Yeah. But it is that closed profession where you don't actually see what teaching is like if you're not a teacher who's in a school for i would say at least a year yep. say if you want to sit down and know what school's like go and sit with the same class every yeah. day for a year and just watch yeah. you know like those programs where you're behind a mirror but it's actually a screen <laughs> and you can watch go and observe and see what it's actually yeah. like like for every second of the day what a teacher has to deal with and watch it because I could guarantee it would change people's perspective of what it's actually like. Yeah, 100%. Um, our, obviously, we made it into schools. We got jobs kind of moving us on from university. So through COVID, we've spoken about this before, but through COVID, we were teaching in our probation year, different schools. 2019 into 2020, our probation year was cut short by covid by about like two days so we had to make that up um or we got away with it basically which was touch and go and then we applied for jobs in the february and lockdown hit what in may mm, uh, yeah. sorry in march so that was touch and go as well and we just got our offer of a job like a couple of weeks before lockdown hit so quite fortunate in the way that it landed for us this is really interesting to people in england because they do not get this system and we were talking to people down in London about this. The way we got a job was, this is just baffling to people that have never heard this before. The way we got a job was we applied to the council. Mm -hmm. And the contract that we got, this isn't every council, but this is the way that, that it works for us. The contract that we got was what's called a permanent supply. And you get that for like two or three years. And the permanent supply post is an interesting one because what they do is they can put you in a school. Excuse me. They can put you in a school. Just burp into the mic. <laughs> they can put you in a school and whenever they want, they can move you from that school yep. to another school that needs it within the council. That's really unsettling for teachers. I find it quite unsettling. Yeah, especially if you're in a position where for you... for you because you, you were already yeah, in that school. Yeah, you don't know if you're going to stay there. You know, I Whereas had conversations I got, so I kind of knew I was... Yeah, you have given that assurance. Staying. Exactly. But I had kind of been pulled from the school I was in for my probation year, there was no space in it and put into the school that you were in, which was very fortunate the way it worked out. It worked out well, but for others that doesn't happen. A lot no, of them just get moved from pillar to post. And after two years in that school, we then got permanent contracts to that school. Mm -hmm. So that was so satisfying because then you could, then I could get a mortgage and I could already get a mortgage, but it was just you more just like I can move into this where you were, area. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I know where the school is I'm going to be. I'm not going to be at the other side of the council every day, which is quite a large area. And it was just much more settling for me knowing that this is where I'm coming every single day. It's also two minutes down the road. <laughs> he can go home for lunch. I can go home for lunch. And I pass a Greg's on the way there, which we is love just that. dangerous. Um, but yeah, that process is so foreign to people in other countries because it's not something that really gets done. Yeah, and it, I think... One of the things that I always find really interesting about England is to get your job in England, most of the time they ask for you to model a lesson. And, and actually, I think that would put me at ease. As difficult as that would be going in mm. and teaching a lesson with students you don't know, I always think yeah. like, I can show you what I can do better than I can tell you what I can do. Yeah, some but people really struggle with that interview the process. The flip side yeah. of people who can talk a really good talk, yep. but then when it comes to actually teaching... Yep. 
maybe isn't matching up. Yeah. Whereas everyone I listening think, to this is thinking of someone right now. I know they are. <laughs> You're I'm, thinking of someone. I'm, I feel like I'm the opposite. Like I can't. In an interview, I kind of freeze up and I'm like, you know. You'd at it. I, you do not freeze up. But then you go out and you go, I should have said this. I should have said yeah, that. Yeah, no, fair said enough. This. Yeah, you, you know, did. you can tell people what you've done, but yeah. you forget how you've done it. Yeah. Whereas when you go and model a lesson, I feel like it becomes sort of second nature and you can kind of go and actually show people what mm-hmm. you can do. I think it's also when you're being observed by people you know, it's really hard. Like if I, if, True. Not so much you, but if someone comes and observes me and I know them, I'm always get like that. It's like that fear, you know, when your mum and dad would come and watch you on a school show and I'm like, oh no, not <laughs> Yeah. Like, give me strangers any day yeah. and that's fine. I don't care because I don't really care what strangers yeah. think of me, but yeah, I can't do it in true. front of people I know. So if you're doing this lesson, I feel like it kind of gives you a chance to either redeem yourself or match up what you're saying, prove yeah. what you're saying. You're right. I think that would be a good thing to it's do in Scotland. It's also some worst nightmare though. Yeah, it probably wouldn't fit with the system we have, but it would, in my opinion, be quite a good thing oh, yeah, to do. I don't, it I don't really know. It really fell but... down during COVID then because people had to do like online live lessons oh, for their yeah. interview. I know. Mortifying. Imagine, like that would just be my worst nightmare that to was, be honest. Yeah, online lessons were a wild time. <laughs> totally. It's time for Listener Voices where we hear from you, our listeners. So we reached out on TikTok about some questions that people had for us. You know, we tend to get these questions quite a lot and we figured if we answer them in a podcast, kind of you can come and listen to it if you want to know the answer yeah. rather than answering it all the time. So one of the questions was about deciding it was actually from someone that we met down at BET. Um, she's amazing. Mrs. Is it RSHPE teacher? An RE teacher. Teacher mum life. Yes, she's amazing. She's she's great, but she She's said, our new best friend. She actually said, do you wish you were secondary school teachers so that you could work with me? Obviously, of course. <laughs> no. But one thing we always get asked is, how did you decide between secondary and primary? Ooh, that that one was easy for me because I'm five foot eight and could literally get blown over by a gust of wind. So <laughs> I don't think high school would really be my forte. I'm all, everything that all the experience I'd had beforehand was with uh, working with younger children. Yeah youth clubs, camps, that kind of thing. And high school just kind of freaks me out. You would all, I would also have to be an expert on a subject, which I'm not. So I would have had to have done a degree yeah. previously, whereas you could have made that choice. I didn't have the option. Yeah, I, I mean, I did consider it, but then I also considered I take things really personally. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. So I'm just going to put this out there. Have you ever commented anything mean on my TikTok? <laughs> she thinks about or it. Or anything remotely mean? I do think about it for a week solid, <laughs> and you've probably made me cry. Yeah. There's certain things, little snippets of joy you get being a primary school teacher, like, you know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. them They made, like, they had red paint and they'd put their red hands and they'd made it a poster saying Bad Blood by Taylor Swift and it was so cute and I got like four of the same poster today but I love them all because they're slightly different and <laughs> I know but like little things I like that I was going to be like you're the best teacher I love when Bad they find blood. like a rock it's because they know I like Taylor Swift and right, I'm like that's okay. really cute when they find like a rock outside they're like I got this rock because yeah. it makes me think of you and it's for you one and I'm like thank you one time in class I love it. The, there was a group of girls that brought it's hilarious because they're all grown up now, but they brought in rocks from outside and they wanted to do show and tell on why they were, they'd found diamonds. And they were so convinced they'd found diamonds and I let them do it. And the rest of the class made fun of them and I felt so oh. bad after it. I was like, oh my goodness, I I've never done anything like that. Remember I did. a few years ago, <laughs> some of my students did that as well. They came in with like rocks and a little lunch book, like you know, those little sandwich tubs. Uh-huh. And I was like, why do you have rocks in there? <laughs> and they just turned to me like, honestly, deadpan, looked right at me and went, they're actually gemstones. <laughs> And yeah. I felt so bad because I felt like I just and crushed like, their world. And I'm no, like, no, they're not. 
They're definitely rocks. Yeah. But you know what? Sure thing. But also, can we stop picking them up because we're going to have no I rocks know. left outside and they're all going to be in my classroom. So just... Teaching Primary does throw up a couple of, just before you move on, Teaching Primary <laughs> does throw up a couple of funny things. Like we've got a garden in school and they genuinely, legitimately grow decent veg. Oh, they come in there. with like pumpkins. No, like but they, giant pumpkins. We sell it at a farmer's market yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Anyway, I mean... I couldn't do it. I wouldn't have a clue where to start, but the kids I are really good at it. I can't keep a spider plant alive why and apparently they're the, impossible to kill. Why at the end of the year, when we're cleaning out our tray, do they all have carrots and celery <laughs> in their tray? And it's like mouldy. I'm, I'm like, guys, that is foul. That is the disgusting. fact that you've carrots in. When did we reap them? Like, or harvest them? Like, what, three months ago? And they're just mouldy carrots in. Yeah, it does primary throw up school some does definitely give you those like there's just there's a certain joy about working with children that age that just you cannot replicate because they just come away with some absolute but then if you speak to a high school teacher they're like oh i could never do primary yeah Yeah. i think it's it's also maybe not a patience thing but the kind of is it maybe just because primary teachers are maybe it's just my high school teacher maybe it's just my maturity level that i'm on (laughs) par with the seven-year-olds that i teach but anyway another question um going from that to kind of a serious one do you feel like you're well equipped to teach with student or teach students with additional support needs during your time at uni do you feel like oh my time at uni (sighs) no probably not i think that depends on experience it depends on what you experience because if you go into a to placement schools where there are those additional support needs yeah. and you also are demonstrated how to support them well yeah, 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 then yeah but uni can't possibly cover every single no. because there's every child's Again, different in Scotland with inclusion you're going to come up against every kind of need in your classroom yeah. whether it's physical whether it's emotional whether it's neurodiverse like all of the the full yeah. range of things that you can come up but against then also they might have the same support need but it's then supported differently so you know you might be faced with for example two students with ADHD who you support very differently Mm. so I think that's a hard one to say 100% you're obviously taught about ADHD and autism and supporting literacy supporting numeracy there's only so far theory will take you with that because every child's different yeah and it's going to come with knowing your children and the experiences that you get it's not going to be look at your textbook you know and find the chapter on it's not as simple as that yeah i could see why that would be overwhelming because especially like you've gone over the kind of inclusion things in um scotland the policies and such especially looking at what you're facing in a class it can be overwhelming to sit there and think wow i've got a lot of things i'm gonna have to support yeah definitely but you do find your way with it and sometimes on paper it looks like it's a lot more than it is because you're just kind of integrating get used to it Another one is, what is the biggest difference that you've noticed between teachers who've done the full four years versus those with a PGDE? Well, the people who have done the full four years are obviously much more accomplished in learning and teaching. We've done two, well, two and a bit years two, of like Vygotsky or whatever. but you've only got one, so that's... Actually, I've got one and a one half. One and a half. <laughs> half doesn't I've count. Got two years of accountancy and finance. doesn't count. Um, I mean, what did I you get in your degree, all, sorry, um, in your undergrad? Oh, you didn't do honours. Neither did you. No, you did. Yeah, you did. just didn't do a dissertation. Yeah, I just didn't do the, the I masters. I just got, weirdly... <laughs> I got first. Weirdly, Sorry, I have a Bachelor of Arts. Oh, right. Because it used to be... I don't know why they changed it yeah, from a BA, science. Because, a but it's a social science. Like, it's a, it is a technically a science. Yeah. Mine is a Bachelor of Arts. Don't know where that came from. Yeah. For politics. Mine, I've got a When B, I tell people that, they like to laugh. Because obviously... Actually, I've got... Actually... Listen to this. footage of my drawings. Sorry, listen to this. I've actually got a master's diploma. 
I'll have you know. Okay. I know you're about to get a master's. <laughs> I actually <laughs> have, have credits a, a towards a master's. A fully grown master's, but okay. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> anyway, that wasn't the question. The question was about the biggest differences. I mean, I can speak to this more as having students. Mm. Um, Not like kids, like actual yeah, uni like students. Yeah, like actual uni students. Yep. So with the four years and the postgraduate... By the end of the postgraduate, your expectations are the same as by the end of a four-year course. Yeah, it's rough. So obviously you've got to... The pace that that postgraduate moves at for your first placement, it goes from half a day of small groups to next week... You're teaching. Half a day, three days a week, you're teaching the full class. You know, it's a lot, I think, in the... You get more time to observe in the four years. Yeah. Could be a good and bad thing because you could be observing things that you're not too keen on. Could be observing things you're keen on. Also, I think that degree could have been cut into two and a half years or three. Yeah, I think it depends on how you like to learn as well. I I get itchy feet. I get bored quite often. So I'm kind of <laughs> like the fast pace works for me because I'm kind of like, mm. I want to learn this and I want to go do it. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're in the... If you're in the four-year course and you've got a teacher who's willing to say, do you know what, you're ready, like, give it a go. Yeah, that's, and that's a huge that was compliment my experience, as yeah. well. A huge compliment. If your teacher's saying that to you, it means they know that you can actually yeah. do this. Um, whereas you don't really have the luxury of the time on the postgraduate. No, you don't. And saying that, you know, if you're finding it's too much on the postgraduate or in the four years, it is also okay to go to your teacher and say, do you know what, I feel like I'm I'm not prepared for the lessons tomorrow mm-hmm. or in three days time and I'd rather take the hit on not doing them than do them and do them badly mm. and not do them justice I would rather that as a teacher I didn't watch someone who wasn't prepared not that I've again. had to do that but you know I mean yeah if yeah. you're watching that as a teacher you think right I need to go over that again do you know I'm not saying I never have to go over a concept again sometimes I do a lesson I'm like this was not <laughs> what I had tragic. in my head yeah. we're gonna need to do it again but if I can if I was watching a student who very like clearly was not prepared and felt uncomfortable I'd rather not put you through that I'd rather be able to say to you it's okay because I can cover it it's fine I can that's what teachers are equipped to do as yeah. experienced teachers I can cover it take the time to do what you need let's get back on track next week or let's get back on track totally. tomorrow and we can talk about how I can support you rather than you put yourself through that and think that was terrible yeah, and your I'm unprepared your confidence knocks yeah. you know be honest with your mentor because teachers have to have a bit of empathy and a bit of mm. understanding you know not We've that long ago yep. since we were there so I would say everybody would more than likely say You've done the right thing by coming. I mean, she's the student teacher guru on TikTok. Don't do it every week, you know. <laughs> yeah, do that once, maybe. <laughs> don't do it every day and be like, I'm unprepared. If you're unprepared, unprepared, I don't want to do this lesson. Because okay, no you problem. Wanna, if you're unprepared because you want to go out and like go to the discotecas, you know. The discotecas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't know what these students are doing. <laughs> the discotecas. I said the discotecas. What is the discoteca? A little bit of. Spanish. <laughs> I don't know. Is it French? I don't know. Oh, you're so from Dundee. <laughs> oh, I told you this one was going to be silly goose time. If you're if you're going if out you're to not, the discotecas, if you're not prepared okay. because of that, that's a bit different. But I mean, if you're feeling overwhelmed with all your discotecas, right. you lost me at the discotheque. Sorry. No, if you are feeling overwhelmed rather than you're just unprepared because yeah. you chose to be unprepared. Totally different. They're different, but like I said, not every day, but yeah, be honest with yourself if you're feeling that way. 
I think in teaching you always have some sort of funny story. I know you've been itching to tell me one. Yeah. I don't have any, so let let you take okay. the wheel here and give us a, a laugh. I've got quite a few, but... It's going to be really awkward if I don't laugh. So you've built this oh, up. No. This better be good. Right. The people listening to this are looking for a good bit of laughter to start their day. And if you yes. ruin it for them, they're never going to listen again. Right, it's not that funny then. Chill out. <laughs> uh, it's mildly funny. I just, I'm just i telling you this one because it's probably the it's only like one that will get me herb. into trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was doing a crit or whatever you call it now. And, uh, That's when an observed was lesson. Just an observed lesson, yeah. And my third... In my third year placement. So third year, pretty confident, but it was PE. And it was primary oh, one. Oh, primary one that's PE. a terrible choice. I know. But were you, you know forced what? to do that? Like I say forces if you were held against uh, your will, but... We had to get, we had to get observed in, in PE for some reason. I don't know why. That's brutal. Um, as if I would have chosen to do that. No chance. Anyway, I can't even remember what we're doing. We're doing fitness. That was it. We're doing fitness for primary one. <laughs> and I was doing like a one. fitness class with them or something. <laughs> anyway, he got Joe I really got on with my tutor so I wasn't nervous about it we used to email about mountain climbing I know I was such a suck up anyway um, she was like retiring and everything she was just like so easy to get on with and she was sitting at the back my teacher was sitting at the back I had them like in the gym hall it's actually the lunch hall um, I cannot imagine you, can you get teaching primary one sorry I'm just going to put that out I'm there I'm not going to lie I actually nailed it um, <laughs> <laughs> toot, toot. <laughs> yeah um, very different they were all sitting at desks and everything that wasn't play it was you know quite traditional okay. And so we're at, at our gym. I was in the middle of doing high kicks or something, you know, star jumps. He was getting them to do this fitness <laughs> class <laughs> and hadn't thought about bringing certain things to the gym hall. And I got marked down in this in my crit as a kind of joke almost. And what happened was mid, I don't know, mid high kick or mid star jump or whatever it was we were doing, a <laughs> boy kicked. came up to me, I'm not even joking, a bogey the size of his brain on his finger. Now, didn't say a single word to me, just pointed like that, <laughs> just pointed like that, with what can only be described as like a hot cross bun on the end of his finger. And I actually gasped. I didn't, I'd never experienced that before. I was third year. Never experienced it before and didn't have any tissues or anything. So I couldn't send this child away. No, they're too little. Just too little. I couldn't send them up to the teacher at the back. They were howling, but I couldn't send them up to the teacher at the back because then that would be me using... So they're supposed to be invisible. You're not yeah, supposed yeah. to use them for anything. Couldn't send them to the tutor. Don't so I had ball. no idea what to do. Anyway, the story... That was kind of the funny part of the story. But the, <laughs> the story ends, I said, I'd send them to the dinner hall, <laughs> into the kitchen. He went into the kitchen with, with this massive bogey, big bogey on the end of his finger. I'm not even joking. That thing literally looked like... Do you know those old footballs, those old leather footballs, and they're slightly deflated? It had, it was like it had like ribs and edges. It was just like it was everything going on. Anyway, textures, yeah, like bogging. This thing had a life of its own. It had a pulse. There for a while. <laughs> pulse. And I was like, ah, it's a massive bogey. That, and I had know, to send them into the, the dinner ladies were howling as well. I just can't deal with a snot. I just yeah 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 why the bungee it, bogies why is it luminous green yeah I'm like oh or the ones that go do you know those remember those things you used to get those slime things you used to get and you used to in a net do you remember oh, them and yeah, you used to you squeeze, squeeze them and they would come and, out oh, do you ever hate it when you get bogies pop. like that oh. <laughs> and it's like a big bubble and it goes in and out <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so that digressed quite quickly, but that's my funny story. If you've, if you've ever story? wondered why we chose primary school over secondary school, or if you're debating it, if you don't like bogies, I would yeah. highly suggest you don't go with primary school or because other bodily fluids. Bogies are a big one. 
Like, I don't I don't really I, mind them too much because you can just tell a kid go get a tissue. But sick is just not for me. Oh no, I choose that over bogies every See, day. Really? The smell. 100%, the smell. A hundred percent. No, I, I think I just you can't look away from a bogey. You know? It's like <laughs> it's like a car crash. I did is it called a bogey in England or if we just totally a isolate <laughs> <laughs> A big bogey like <laughs> I don't think that's an English word. It must know. be. Anyway, um, do I have... I actually really... There's so many things. Well, I told this story once when I was <laughs> doing one of my student teaching videos. I was doing my uni observed lesson and we're talking about volcanoes. This was primary seven. Uh-huh. Talking about how volcanoes are formed. They were really getting at like the plates, like everything. They were just... Oh, yeah. they were getting how this worked. And you thought you were on top of the world, yeah. I did. And I was like, this is going so yep. well. And I can't remember how we got into like the lava and the magma and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and you're obviously a scientist. And I'm like, so we're talking about the questions, going over all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd done, I had taught them for the kind of natural disasters topic. So we'd looked at different countries and like oh, natural she's the build up. disaster drills and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. they'd done. So they had a lot of knowledge in this. Okay. Someone puts their hand up. And I'm like, great, let's build on that. You know that classic where you're like, I'm going to build on your knowledge. You're going to give me something. I'm going to say either, I don't know, let's find that out together. Or, yeah. oh, let's discuss That's interesting. that. interesting, yeah. <clears throat> I like to blow bubbles in my cereal milk. <laughs> what? When I How tell do you, you respond I was like, to that? <sighs> okay, I'm just going to have to pull out the bag. I did tell you I can waffle. And I was like, oh, so kind of like how the inside no, of the volcano and I just, death. and she's looking at me like, you got to move on. I, no doll. I was just telling you that I blow bubbles in my cereal milk. <laughs> yeah. And then all I could think of was like all these kids sitting there with like a straw blowing bubbles in their cereal milk. Yeah. You know, not of even. Of course the, it's got to be in an observed, observed lesson. Obviously, so. obviously. Yeah. I mean, she clawed at that one to try and bring that back. But yeah. obviously on the inside, I'm like, oh, at I least it wasn't a massive bogey in our cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fail because of this bubbles and cereal yeah. milk, and I'm yeah. like th- sitting there thinking, "Is this what you've been thinking about this entire?" It's mortifying time? when that happens. Yeah, it's mortifying. Or like you ask a question, it's crickets, and you're like, oh, "Yeah, oh no." Or you say, "This is the worst." When you say to someone, when you say to the class, "Right, can anyone tell me what we learned yesterday about X?" No, and no hands, and you're like, "Are you joking?" No, we I can't. Literally, spent so long telling you. So that we've obviously thought, been working on multiplication for yeah. two months now. Can anyone tell Does me any- anything about it? No. Subtracting? Yeah, tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. Hate it. Sure. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, that is a whistle stop tour of our journey into teaching. Plus it's a been, little bit of ridi- ridiculous yeah, time at the end of that. Been, uh, do you know what? It's been a roller coaster, and in the next couple of years, who knows where it's going to go? Life's with the a pod. climb, but the view is great. Okay. I'm pretty sure you captioned a video of that. I did last week. Um, but <laughs> also, we don't really know where this is going to go with the podcast with. With social media and stuff, that is something doors we are get opening and we're quite well. excited about it. We get asked that all the time about teaching and yeah. what it looks like for the future. I mean, if we weren't teachers, we would have nothing to talk about. Yeah, that, There yeah. goes the niche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We wouldn't have much content if we weren't in the classroom. But also, the doors that it's open. So, for example, we're speaking to Mr. Hunt from the front, who we might have an o- on as a guest Lovely soon. guy. Le- he was saying things like, oh yeah, I got taken over to Norway to do a keynote speech on some kind of technology and education. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Just from little, it's all connections, it's all who you meet, it's all who you know. Yeah. And we are quite excited about the prospects of that kind of thing because it opens up yeah. different avenues. And it's also the weirdest thing for us that, you know, Mr. P. Lee 
and Simon Hunt from the front are two people that we watched in our student teaching years yeah. and before that. And we were like, they're so great. And they're just they're so normal funny. guys. And they're just the loveliest people, like so down to earth, yeah. so nice. And we're just sitting in the media lounge with these I people like, at a global ed tech. Who are we? Conf- <laughs> Truly, <laughs> who do we think we are? Who do I think yeah. I am? But, but anyway. It just shows you actually not to get pure inspirational before this episode ends. But a lot of people are nervous about putting themselves out there. Not in, not everyone has to put it online, but do you know what I mean? Like taking that step. Maybe yeah. as leading something in your school or doing something for the first time that no one's ever done yeah. in your school. I remember feeling that when it, I was asked to lead STEM and it was like, oh, this is a new thing, right, okay. And actually when you do take that first step, it is really scary. Like when we started posting online, it was absolutely nerve-wracking. We didn't know where it would go. But the opportunities it's opened up, you would never really yeah. can fathom that no. that's going to happen. And I think something you worry about as well is people thinking that you're going on to act like you know everything yeah. but you know I've learned more from doing this podcast yeah, in this exactly. last year than I think I've probably for, yeah. oh yeah obviously <laughs> I've probably learned like in the time of teaching like this has forced me to grow into somebody yeah, better than I was before the research and the guests yeah and, we don't yeah. get everything perfect of course not in the classroom you still have days where you're like I was the grumpiest person yeah. all day you know but it's it's worth just trying something if you're not sure. Exactly. There's your little piece of inspiration. Oh, wow. That was... Go get the day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Inside Voices. Be sure to come back next week where we're going to be talking all about empowering student voice. And remember that in here, we use our inside voices. Inside Voices.